All right. That was a little 8-bit. Where is my mind? Uh, Chris, do you have a guess? Actually, that's really funny. Where is my mind? That's like, where's our audio file? Chris is a little upset because I we... Uh, what do you mean we? No, it's not we, you. It's my computer, dude. <laughs> we, uh, we just erased this segment. We're redoing it. Chris, what's your guess? I can't remember. I heard it so long ago. Uh, the Pixies. One of my favorite songs. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I will always, uh, I'll always think of, uh, Fight Club when I hear that song. So we're trying to replay. It was a good section we recorded. It was good. And now I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Let's cut to the chase. I think, dude, I think you're just upset because I'm going to have to bring up that, that last, our last episode, we recorded it, um, two weeks before the world announced that there are ufos on the planet and i told you so oh look it's johnny credit making an appearance that's right johnny credit oppenheimer will win best picture let's throw that in there too yeah me and tom from blink uh we uh we've been telling you guys for a while now that aliens are real and to look at look into it uh he quit his day job. <laughs> oh, you know what's to weird? Do that? Is that why you did it? When you hear the... I, I heard the song uh, K-Rock the other day. There's a big debate on what song you think of when you hear um, Say It Ain't So. Do you think of Blink-182 or do you think of Weezer? Do you think of Say It Ain't So, I Will Not Go. Weezer. Or you hear, say it ain't so, whoa, whoa. Weezer. Fucking me too, bro. Yeah, I didn't even know Blink-182 had a song that named that. They, well, it has it in the song. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know that. No, it's Weezer. Yeah. T- thinks- see that, Billy? Yeah, oh, Bi- Billy, my brother, thinks uh, thinks of uh, Blink-182. No, you're... you're uh, I mean, Billy's proven to be wrong. I mean, most notably when he feels that he still has hope you're going to turn your life around. Well, <laughs> he can't be trusted. That's that's reserved for my mother. Oh, your mom's the only one? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Hey, I didn't die. Fuck. I'm still uh, here. I'm almost 50. I'm still here. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Turning 50 kind of fucked with me. Yeah. It's kind of fucked with me a little bit. See, I'm still in my 40s. What's it like to be in your 50s, Chris? It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. 40 was real. I, 40s when the, the body started slowing down. When I, like, you know, I used to be all... Dude, I used to do... Outside there, I used to do flips off that roof into the pool. Now I bang my knee on the coffee table and I got to ice it for three weeks. You know, 40... That's when it was like, shit, you would hurt yourself. In your 30s or 20s, they, oh, I might be bad for two days and I'm fine. It's like months, like lingering pain and, yeah. Dude, in my 20s and 30s, I could do coke for three days straight and uh, solve everything with uh, fucking half a sip of Gatorade and a, and a Tylenol PM. Yeah, it, dude. I mean, 50s at this point is when you, when you start, like... I think I'm probably worth more dead than alive <laughs> at this point. Like, and then you start going like, dude, realistically, like, I mean, what? Maybe we make it to our 80s. I mean, probably for you and me. I mean, our 70s. 
By the way, dude, I'm living to 100. I'm going to be too angry to die, dude. I refuse to die. Oh, dude, the best thing I saw, Bob Barker from... Uh, 99. Yeah, and they were like, I can't believe he made it to 99 without going over. <laughs> oh, shit. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. That one was good. That that's, was good. That's You know what? I thought Bob Barker was dead like for 10 years already. When he died, I was like, oh, whoa, he was still alive? Dude. 99 <clears throat> like fucking betty white made it to 99 yeah um dude she croaked like it was like a month before her hundred i know it sucks dude she was awesome um let's get back to the important things though that uh the aliens exist chris and do you think the government erased our audio file because we were so on Ooh. the nose i bet they do that we can't let this get out into the open you know what? Or was it just your 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 technical well, uh, inability? As I proved on the last episode, Chris, that the aliens are actually they're human time travelers from Earth, obviously. But there's been some other shit on TikTok that I saw that came out. There's a there's a door on uh, Mars that leads down to a secret base. There's the uh, there is the glass towers on the dark side of the moon. The, there's a total alien space station. I think landing dock, too. So, so apparently you're getting all your knowledge from TikTok right now. <laughs> so are you one of those people in the 90s that got all your news through MTV News? No, I got a respectable source, the National Enquirer. Anyways, um, let's see. Uh, we have some new footage of Bigfoot. And uh, it's from a drone. And they're they're flying through the trees, and you just see you see Bigfoot doing this nice little jog down the this really uh, rugged terrain. Obviously, obviously uh, Sasquatch. Um, we got some reports, some more uh, Nessie sightings. No, I don't think there are any more sightings. They're just trying to find her. Oh, she's out there. Well, I heard that you went out there, and you were taking a uh, a. Uh, a nice little sunset swim and they saw your fucking bald head in the water and they thought you were Nessie. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know, Chris, look at your silhouette. You could be mistaken as Nessie. You know, uh, doing Sweet. a bald joke was the equivalent of someone giving you shit for your height. What? I'm short? <laughs> My mom said I'm perfect. You, you're, yeah, mom always, always think your kids are perfect. <sighs> always. Moms are the best. Hey, my parents are moving out here for a year. You, don't you mean our parents, Chris? Oh, sorry. You are their number one favorite kid. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm stoked. I've never had family uh, live in Southern California. It'll be kind of cool. Dude, are you gonna, um, did, you get a, did you get a big bag yet? A what? Big bag so you can bring laundry over to have mom do it, <laughs> dude. Be like, you didn't do any of this when I was in college. Actually, I kind of suspect they're going to be doing that to me. Oh, yeah. They'll be oh, coming hey, over Chris. You. Uh, yeah. Hey, can we use your laundry? No. You come home, your dad's playing uh, Xbox in the casita. No, it'll be good. It'll be good having my parents. He's on the quarter pipe with uh, Jackson. I mean, because the thing is, at my age, at 50, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have. You know, I yeah. could die anymore because my parents would probably outlive me at this point. <laughs> Uh, You're too angry to die too, Chris. You keep deleting our episodes. That dude, that was my computer. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, you've done a pretty good job of trying to touch on all the points. 
and it, I think it just kind of irritates me. I'm like, oh, dude, he's trying to hit the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, but there's one point that we discussed. Uh, hey. So we have a friend who will not be named who was on Area 51. Yes. For and, three days. And I did not know that. Yeah, and the story that he told me, and I, I, I'm not going to get him in trouble. He said that they were stationed there for three days and a couple people in his troop. They, they, I think they wandered like 50 feet from where they were allowed to be. And it was instant spotlight and Jeeps pulling up like, what the fuck are you doing? And they were like, um, we want to see the green people. And they're like, shut the fuck up. Go back to where you're told to be. And don't walk out here again, or there's going to be consequences. They do not have a sense of humor. It sounds like over at Area Fifty One. Yeah, I would imagine not. I would imagine not. But uh, oh my god, in Las Vegas, the house that had the uh, where the alien ships crashed, right? Where there was a crash, and then like the AAA alien ship number two came and picked up the ship, so we couldn't see it. Um, where they saw the eight foot and four point five foot uh, aliens wandering around. In the backyard, and police came, and uh, so apparently now that family has gone missing, Chris, and there uh, somebody put a pretty heavy-duty-looking camera on their property, probably to look and see if the aliens come back. But uh, yeah, so the the saga continues on the uh, Las Vegas alien crash. So I'm thinking after. Um this episode, I'm going to make an anonymous source to the government that you have insider information. Maybe you'll go disappear. Oh, why don't you just have me take a drug test while you're at it, Chris? You're not my real dad. <laughs> oh, actually, that one meme you sent me about the... I told my stepson to clean his room and walked in and saw him making a diss trap about me called You're Not My Real Dad. <laughs> yeah, dude. dude, that was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Hit his phone dangling down. Every fucking meme or anything that's like super pettiness, like a guy <laughs> who got married and didn't talk to his wife for 20 years because she bugged him. I always think of you. Yeah. This is like Johnny level pettiness. I mean, I'm only like one step beneath you. I mean, I used to always think like, oh, Johnny's, I'm not as bad as Johnny. I mean, I think I kind of am. I just disguise it better. Because a lot of shit I think, but you actually say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only difference. I just go all in. Yeah. I go all in. When, yeah, when I, that's always been, you know, relationships, when they, you know, when they fall apart. I just like to set the whole building on fire as I walk away. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not going to be friends. We're not going to be friends. If you see me out, just go ahead and flip me off because we're not fucking friends. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think most people think shit like that, but they just don't say it. You just say it. Yeah, I don't have a filter. Yeah, it's fuck it. <laughs> you go all in. And it's yeah. Like, so that's how I recognize that it's like, well, Johnny just says what I'm thinking. So I, I'm not any better. That's than right. he is. Dude, I'm a voice for the people. <laughs> uh, all right. On this episode, we just barely survived Hurricane Hillary. Oh, we will rebuild. It, so we decided to do top five emergency items in our uh, preparedness kits. Yes. Uh, we are going to discuss something I just learned about like three days ago. The documentary, The King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. Uh, apparently, I was the only one that never saw this. Yeah, I saw it I saw it in the theaters like the, probably the day it came out over at uh, the Irvine 
art theater place. Never even heard of it. So we're going to discuss that, and we got recommendations. Do you know what you're going to recommend? I am. You saw it playing on TV when we got here. Can we... This is the banter section, so... um, Can you talk anything about uh, the Atlanta trip? Um, All I can talk about is that that I did not go to Atlanta. Where was it? Richmond, Virginia. Same fucking thing, dude. It's not the beach, dude. I don't fucking know. You know, it's, I mean, same thing. They all have state flags with the Confederate flag on it somewhere. <laughs> it's got red, white, and blue in it. So, yeah, t- Yes, I... T- tell me what you did, because this is awesome. My former boss, uh, since my contract ended about three weeks ago, I, and I know he listens to our podcast. All right. So, I'm going to say, hey... What's Sean. his, what's his name? What's his Sean? Name? Hey, Sean. What's he, up, dude? Yeah, and I don't think he likes you. Oh. <laughs> well, Sean he fired you. So. The, the best boss I ever had. The best boss I ever hey, had. Hey, you don't have to lie. You, you don't work for I me I know. Anymore. I don't work for me anymore, so I'm being honest. Anyway, so about a year ago, during a one-on-one meeting, mm-hmm. uh, he just casually mentioned, like, yeah, I've never seen Star Wars. And, what? And my reaction was like, shut the fuck up. And so over the course of the last year, it's like, dude, that would be like a good documentary. Like doing an episode of someone who's never seen Star Wars and making them interact with people who are rabid Star Wars fans. So we talked, we talked about it, we talked about it, we talked about it. And there was a little, and it was a, it was a cool one. It was a cool one, but it was a little dinky, small comic book convention. Yeah, like Long Beach one. Yeah. Oh, no, smaller. Really? Probably a quarter of the size. And he lives in Richmond, Virginia. And he was like, hey, assuming you don't have a job like at this time, like I'm going to fly you out. And we're going to end it up. We got a booth at the convention with a banner. Andrew helped me out with this banner. I really appreciate it. But it was like a picture of him wearing a shirt with the USS Enterprise going, number one Star Wars fan. And, and we had that on a banner. It was like, I've never seen Star Wars. Tell me what I'm missing. And it's like, we're going to film the interaction. So we're going to do, we're shooting this documentary. And I get there. And in my mind, I'm already like, fuck, I don't know if people are going to come up. Like I told him, like, dude, I just want three good interactions. If we come away with that, it'll be worth our time and money, yeah. I feel. Dude, the first hour, nobody. And I'm like already in my mind thinking like, all right, well, that'd be kind of funny too if no one came up. Right. So I'm already leaning into the alternative. Dude, we got some really good, really good interactions. We got some good footage. Uh, Lord Vader came by the booth. Sick. I love his work. A <laughs> uh, woman who was raised in Russia, who's been in the U.S. for five years, came over and said she basically said she wanted to fuck Darth Vader. Well, well, she found time to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, she did. Oh, she told about like she watched him in like an empty theater in Russia. And she was just like, I loved it. She had no time to talk to Sean. She just nothing. She was would not shut up. All about Darth. Got a tweaker that came up who works in an all Star Wars shop uh in virginia who had very strong opinions um yeah no it was it was great so how was the tweaker dressed what was he wearing he was wearing a mad hatter hat and (laughs) of course he was and oh he just randomly reached into his pocket his dirty jeans pocket and pulled out 
I mean, there had to have been like 50 Star Wars trading cards and showed them to us. Like he was, he, he was great. Wow. He was great. Uh, so after we get done recording this, uh, I'm recording you. Oh yeah. I'm going to help do a, a little, you're going to have a little segment in the trailer. So what we're going to plan on doing is cutting like a two, three minute trailer. And based on that, maybe see if we can get people to invest, which would be nice. Uh, but then otherwise I think we're just committed to fucking making this documentary and we'll submit it to film festivals. And I mean, it's going to be funny. Yeah. Uh, and Sean, so this is the thing. This is the one bit he's never seen Star Wars, but one of his favorite movies is Spaceballs. So weird. Such a dick. No, now you're just being a dick. And the thing is I have footage the night before the convention. We watched, I haven't seen Spaceballs probably since it came out in the late eighties. Yeah. Dude, Space Boss is not good. Like, it was, it was not good. It's very Mel Brooks. It's very... Dude, and I love Mel Brooks. Dude, Space Boss was not good. Darth Helmet? Come on. Dude. It, I mean, I'm watching when the he's, When he's playing with the action figures? Dude. <laughs> oh, your helmet. It's so big. Dude, that's hilarious, dude. Lighten up, Chris. It's no. a great movie. Anyway, so working on that. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty funny. We'll make the trailer available. Uh, when we get it done, you know, it should uh, be a couple couple weeks. Uh, the yeah, the trailer. I mean, that's a plan. I need to get it done before I get a job. So yeah, and, and get that GoFundMe page up. I know we might we have to crowdsource the funding. Yeah, but uh, anywho, yeah, okay. no, that was good. So uh, that's a good time to end this segment. Is that you? Oh shit! It's me. Whoa, Chris. I would have had such contempt right now. Uh, hey, I met when I'm wrong. That was me. Oh, that's my melatonin pre-alarm. Uh, I, I have exactly nine hours until I got to take my melatonin. First of all, it's at 8.30 at night. Second of all, you know how I'm always about rebranding shit, right? How I got to brand everything. I have uh, got everyone in my house to not call it melatonin. 8.30 is time to take our Mandalorian. Dude, that's so fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way, Chris. You know, the only time, I mean, Jamie completely thinks I am, I'm fucked up. But you come over and it's like, oh, that's his fucking melatonin alarm. <laughs> and I think it kind of helps me. Like, like okay, maybe Chris uh, He's not totally, completely fucked up. I Ag mean, again, no filter. So... <laughs> There you go. Actually, my favorite story is that you had an alarm for five o'clock to leave work, and your boss came out. It was like, oh. who fucking set their alarm to tell him it was five o'clock? I did. I used to. And then later on, when I was working for him, uh, on like Fridays, I'd put my phone right by, right outside his office with the five o'clock alarm. Dirt. So then, so then it would go off, and he'd be like, "What the?" And I pick it up. I'm like, "Oh, did I leave my phone here? Weird." <laughs> Dude, the thing is, I guess that's the difference between me and you is I such a clock watcher that I, I never. You never I, even I, I, I don't have to be told it's <laughs> five o'clock. I know. I'm like, and I'm done. And I'm gone. Awesome. All right. Uh, so, hold it. oh, yeah, you know what you recommend. I actually was going to recommend something the first take. 
I've changed it out of protest. Oh, wow. Pettiness. No, Chris, but I'm what doing I want myself no, and the fans do. No. And I th- I'm really thinking episode 79 was going to be our best podcast, uh, but we'll never know. Now it's ruined. This is sloppy seconds. Okay. Start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing out of Costa Mesa, California, two of the meanest podcasters in the game, both Brazilian jiu-jitsu artists with a background in being family men, Chris and Johnny from Best Frenemies, we salute you on this day, savages. Ha! What's up, bitches? And now, back by popular demand, it's time for Best Frenemies Top 5 List. All right. Thanks for that intro, Donnie Darko. Okay. We are doing Top 5 Items in our Emergency Preparedness Kit. And this is based on us barely surviving (laughs) the Hurricane Hillary. Yeah. And this and this started because you and I were laughing because I went to I went to Ralph's like be, before the oh first time in ninety eight years is it gonna hit L A and like dude everyone it was looked like COVID all over again inside my grocery store they were buying out all the fucking toilet paper they were buying out all of the water including the water that grocery stores don't care about where they keep the giant pallet in front of the grocery store all night. Yeah, that was gone. Completely wiped clean. So when I flew out to Richmond, Virginia, I got on the plane and I had a text message from my home insurance company going, we are here with you. We're ready to help you with, you know, file a claim after Hurricane Hillary. And I was like, what? Like, and this airline I, I drove out or drove out, flew out, didn't have Wi-Fi. So I didn't even, so I saw that and I was like, what, what's, I hadn't heard of Hurricane Hillary. Yeah. I get off the plane. I had a similar text from Costa Mesa water, Southern California Edison. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I looked and they made a big deal. So I was out there on a Thursday. I flew home on Sunday and that's when they were supposed to start hitting Southern California. So the whole day on Saturday, I'm like, are they going to cancel flights? Like, how bad is this? I got to the airport in the morning. I'm like, are you guys still flying in? Yeah. I mean, dude, I nothing for them, dude. What is it? Uh, well, apparently, I learned the threshold for them canceling flights is gusts of wind up to 40 miles an hour. Okay. That it's kind of like they start making the decision, like, fuck it, we're not doing it. So everything I was reading, they were saying wind gusts up to 40 miles an hour. Dude, I flew in. We flew into. It was drizzling. Yeah, and it was like not wind, only, like maybe three miles an hour. Yeah, and and the rain was warm. It was like Hawaii rain. Like I was in a t-shirt all that day. No, it was actually it was. It was like I stepped outside of LAX and it was like fucking humid. Yeah, and raining. It's like when it rains in Hawaii. They, you know, what they call rain in Hawaii, liquid sunshine, because it's like it's nothing. It. Uh, so yeah. anyway, so this, it came up. We were talking about what a disappointment. Uh, well, we started 
cracking jokes with each other on the phone. We're like, we should do that as top five. So uh, what is your number five item in your emergency preparedness kit? Top five emergency essentials. Uh, number five would be, uh, well, my current book that I'm reading because it looks like it takes me about uh, two years to finish a book lately. So, uh, And I did this book that I started reading, I couldn't even remember the name of the title. I had to walk over and get it. It's Power of the Dog by Don Winslow. Dude, he's a really good writer. Yeah, I should have been done with that probably about six months ago. But you know what? There's so much TV to watch today. Yeah, well, essentially, Chris, there won't be TV, and I'll be forced to read my book for a year straight. I'll be entertained, apparently. (laughs) All right, that's a good item. Uh, All right, my item is, um, this is assuming I don't quit tomorrow, which is the plan. But that's been the plan for about the last eight months. Um, the nicotine pouches Zen. This. Okay, I've been. I keep telling you this, dude. This is your your. Uh, you reset the dials on your sobriety date, and I remember my sponsor said the first year you're allowed as much nicotine as you want. So, so smoke up, Chrissy yeah, boy. But the, but, smoke up. But this is the thing. Um, I'm currently uh, unemployed, and I'm dropping. Seven to eight bucks a day on uh, nicotine. Badge. What what flavors are there? Well, since the freaking California passed the law that you can't. Okay, uh, first of all, it's called the flavor band, <laughs> and I got a guy. If you need anything, you need, you know, because I because I uh, I vape, or as I like to call it, the uh, robot dick, because you can't make Whoa. it sound cool. Well, I don't want my fourteen year old son to ever vape, so. I have to make it as lame as possible. Like, I'm looking for my robot dick. So not only, it's also like pettiness. Like when I say I'm not as bad as you, a nicotine, I'm not as bad as you because you do the nicotine lozenges and vape. So do you consider one like... I'm never satisfied. That's my problem, Chris. I mean, but is there one that's your go-to and the other one's like an appetizer? Yeah, the the lozenges I have to have. Like the lozenge... The, the vape, I can, I've lost this for days at a time and like, it's not that big a deal, but the, the lozenge, like if I have like two left, like my life stops, I have to go to Sam's club or Costco to go buy them. And I'm sorry for the inconvenience to everyone, but this is happening. Yeah. No. Hey, I get it. Like I, I, I will fucking die if I don't have them. You know, it's funny. Andrew told me, so they did the, the carry on, which is like the Zen different brand. Uh huh. They have an eight milligram. Oh, is that the European ones? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I heard they're like way gnarlier. So there's an eight milligram one. And, but I was taking two of them. I was doing 16 milligrams at a pop. And Andrew learned that. And he would freak out if he took six milligrams. Yeah. And he's like, God damn, you are an addict. Like, I kind of thought maybe you weren't. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's like Johnny lozenging and vaping. Like... I think they see this like the curtain. Yeah, and, and then, they're like, "Oh, you guys are fucked." No, then up. you tell them about me, and then everyone looks at me and they're like, "What?" And I'm like, I "Back know. to Chris, back to Chris." <laughs> I know. I'm always like, "You're fucked up." Oh yeah, Johnny's words. I'm yeah. like a total asshole. Yeah, like, dude. In school, that gets in trouble, and you're like, "Well, Johnny did it first. It's exactly why Kobe and Shaq broke up, dude. Because <laughs> when Kobe got busted, he's like, "Well, I heard Shaq paid a girl a million dollars, dude. You totally shocked me, dude." Yeah. We shouldn't be friends. Dude, leave <laughs> hey, my shit alone. Chris. Hey, hey, 
I've had a rough year, man. You need okay. to take one for the team, all right? <laughs> You've made my year rougher, Chris, okay? <laughs> all right, what's your number four? I want you to listen to this one real carefully right now. <laughs> number four is my nunchucks, Chris. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, uh, nunchucks now are legal in Indiana because there was a ban oh, on yeah. nunchucks. It was nunchucks and, and throwing stars. Yeah. So now they, uh, I, a guy, one of, a guy I'm friend with on Instagram, great writer, uh, Frank Bill, wrote a book, Crimes in Southern Indiana. <laughs> so I sent him that link going, I, I thought you should know about this. And he's like, I did not know it, but thank you. Thank you for the <laughs> heads up. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. You know, you can you can ban them or not ban them, dude. Most people that have nunchucks or throwing stars, they don't give a fuck whether they're legal or not. They're just badass. <laughs> There's usually some firecrackers right next to those things too. All right, my number four: pre-workout because I got to be at the top of my game in an emergency <laughs> situation. I can't be going in there a little groggy. Got to be alert. Got to be fucking. My heart now, needs to be popping. Are you still not drinking coffee? Cause I know you did. I know you did. Uh, I know when we were like blue belts, you drank no coffee but did pre workout, which I thought was funny. No, I still do that. Well, I drink bang. You drink bang. Okay, the three hundred milligram. You don't have any delicious coffee whatsoever. Um, really, the only time I drink coffee is if we go to Utah and it's fucking cold. Ah, uh, then it feels in good. the winter that it's like kind of raises your core temperature. How do you how do you have your coffee? What do you mean? What, what do you put in your coffee? Fucking shit ton of Splenda. Splenda? Yeah. Do you put any like half and half? Oh, party? yeah. No, 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 no. I taught, either I get like a latte or fucking. Okay, so you get like the adult hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, hey, I got a caramel Which, macchiato right here, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean. Upside down. I got a lot of shit because the last time I was in Utah and people saw like Laker chicken, saw how much Splenda I was putting in my coffee, like a little dinky coffee cup, and I was putting like six to eight packets of Splenda. See, you do do some stuff, Chris, that I do not do. Um, like your salt intake. Oh, yeah. My, uh, my uh, son's girlfriend's sister, twin sister, got... Front row seat to my <laughs> saltine, and it was like, You're salting that? And, and her sister was like, He salts everything. <laughs> <laughs> She's just completely numb it's to like, it. You know what? Fuck you. You can give me shit over tramadol. Leave my salt alone. All right. All right. What's your number here? Uh, three. Number three is my, uh, my pocket knife that I keep on my TV over there, the one that opens really quick. So that way, in case there's an intruder, I can be like, Oh shit, oh shit. You're gonna need to call an ambulance for you, motherfucker. And I'm gonna flip it up real quick and stab, stab, stab. See, I, I feel confident in my black belt uh, jujitsu ability that I don't need weapons. If I, I come am. at you like this, you are in a weapon. Your hands are certified. <laughs> you know what's fucked up, though, having a black belt? You know, when you have a brown belt and you get in a fight and you fuck up the guy, nothing happens to you, but you have a black belt, like that's an extra charge. On you. Did you know that? Yeah. So you might want to think twice before you... Uh, so I'm supposed to lose? <laughs> I have a right to defend myself. That's what you're going to tell the court anyway. I have a right to defend myself. All right. My number three, uh, my 22 Ruka t-shirts with the red stitching on the shoulder. Yeah. 
We oh oh look at it. We're both both wearing it. We're both wearing. uh, I have I have the blank one on that they with the pocket. Those are the adult ones. These are the these are called the dad shirt. Yeah, I have the graphic. I don't care. Like plain graphic. It's got to breathe. It's got to breathe. The best shirts ever. I really hope the new owners of Ruka don't fuck these up. Yeah, if they just make that, if they just make colored blanks, I'm in. Yeah, I would buy every color. I would buy every color. That's all I need. All right, what's your number two? My number two is my ukulele that I got in Hawaii. I have like, shit, I have like four ukuleles now, but the first one I got, I got it though. I got married in Kauai to my ex-wife, and... uh, and I remember her freaking out saying, you know, why would you spend a bunch of money on something that you're not going to, that you're not going to learn how to use? And, and I, and well, long story short, the ukulele is still in my house right now and my ex-wife is not. So who's laughing now? Money well spent. Yeah, dude. And I fucking rip at ukulele. So <laughs> shut it. All right. My number two, so, and I recognize, like, every time you read an article or someone gives advice about uh, emergency preparedness kit, they say, keep it just only what you need to survive. Like, only the most important items. So, with that, I need my white noise sound machine, my night guard, my mattress fan, and my memory foam pillow because I'm going to need to be able to sleep during an emergency situation. So all those, those are essential items. Is your white noise machine battery powered? Because I don't know if you're going to have electricity. You know what? (laughs) I have solar power with a battery. I'm fucking covered, asshole. Okay. Because when you're out here freaking without your phone charged, I'm going to be scrolling TikTok, finding out how the aliens fucked up our planet with this emergency. Hey, I was joking. Will you tell me and let me know? That kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right what's your number one number one uh that would be my boba fett teddy bear that i tell women when they come over is darko's but it's really mine helps me sleep you told me it was darko's yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i said house guests to sleep in my bed chris <laughs> all right my number one condoms on the off chance jamie doesn't survive the emergency <laughs> situation <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, I, Hey I'm just kidding I'm just kidding. Johnny I'm not kidding That's funny That's <laughs> funny right, Funny's funny Chris Alright that was our top five items In our emergency preparedness kit Essentials
and we're back. Man in the box. <laughs> Alright, <clears throat> so I was, I mentioned uh, working on the documentary film, so when I got home, I was like checking out, you know, since I'm cutting a trailer, I kind of wanted to see some examples of other uh, good uh, documentary trailers, so I did a list, and it brought, you know, I went to one article that was like the top 10 trailers, and they mentioned this movie the King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. And so I went, I watched the trailer, and I was like, fuck, that actually looks pretty good. So I went to Amazon and, and purchased it. It came out in like 2007. And I never heard of it. Never heard of it. And I mentioned it to the guy I'm doing the documentary with, Sean. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, I love it. I saw it when it came out in 2007. So he's seen King of Kong, but he hasn't seen Star Wars, dude. Yes, yes. We're going to need to get into the root of what's really He's going being the on. dick at this point. That's my whole thesis is the guy's being the dick. Like, like and so anyway, it, but let me go back to the King of Kong. So I casually mentioned it to you like, hey, dude, there's a documentary you should check out King of Kong. Oh, yeah, dude, I saw it when it came out. I'm like, I'm like the only person who <laughs> hadn't heard of this. No, but, and it's a great story. It. So the premise is it is a documentary, a guy named Bill, Billy Mitchell in like 81 had the high score King or uh, not King Donkey Kong high score. He's held on to that for like freaking 30, 40 years. And this guy, which I can relate to because apparently he was laid off from his job and he <laughs> was like, Looking for, he was like, yeah. looking for meaning in his life. And he saw this high score and he's like, I could beat that. So he went out and bought a Donkey Kong video game that he put in his garage. And he just practiced. He yeah. was just working it, beating this score. He beats the high score, sends in the video. And then it's like, they had people showing up at his house demanding to see the video, like to verify it hadn't been altered. altered yeah. Like this huge subculture of these video game, classic video game freaks. Oh, dude, there is a there is a list of characters. There, do do you know the name of the? Uh, I mean, there's definitely an evil character in this. Yes. The, the this one world record holder who has his own hot sauce, Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell. He's got long hair and a beard. Dude, that hair. I'm sorry, real quick. This is coming <laughs> from a, a guy mullet. who has a shape. Dude, it's a mullet. The worst. And I could kind of see him doing that in the 80s. Dude, this film was shot in like 2006. <laughs> like, fucking cut your when, hair, bro. When the movie f originally came out. Johnny Depp saw it and said, I want to play Billy Mitchell. I oh, want to make this amazing. a Hollywood movie. I want to be the villain. Um, Tom Cruise would be really good Billy Mitchell, too. He, he, just, he just says shit all the time. Because like, he has... How many world records did he have in the video game industry? Dude, it he was like, like five. five. Like Donkey Kong. I think he had Ms. Pac-Man. So Pac-Man. At a certain point, there it's either up for debate whether he took back the Donkey Kong record during the movie. And when and when, when the guy making the documentary calls him to like talk to him about it, he answers the phone world record headquarters like just such a dick dude yeah he's a dick and then like all these little croonies there's like um well 
There's this place where the video game. Oh, dude, the one self-proclaimed Parad- protege. Paradise, Paradise Arcade or something like that. Fun Stop. Yeah, and they they go and like they're having a Donkey Kong tournament, and the and the guy, the, the hero of this story, which is he's what would you say? Apple Pie is how I would describe him. Dude, he is just all American. Just like, a good. You, you you hear him talk for five minutes, you're like, that's just a nice, good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. And uh. And like at one point, like they're they're doing like a, a video game tournament, right? And the the guy that's really good, nice guy, he's about to when when you when you beat Donkey Kong, the screen flips and it just goes black. Like there there isn't an end the, to the, the game. The kill screen. The kill screen. So he's getting closer, and what do they do? His like the 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 evil guys, cronies. They decide to bring everyone and stand behind him and kind of crowd him. Kill screen's gonna be coming up. If you've never seen it, it's pretty cool. And like, so basically, like they're trying to like psych him out as he's playing. They're making it even harder for him, dude. There's all these kind of weird elements, dude. The movie's bananas. It's great. It's a great documentary. The thing I was struck by is that film-wise, I mean, it was shot on digital video. It looked horrible. Yeah. Like, it looks horrible. Like, I mean, anyone, I think, and what I took away from it, it's like, dude, anyone can shoot a documentary. As long as there's a good story. I mean, it didn't bother me that it looked like shit. I mean, I did, you know, projects in film school that looked better than this documentary. <laughs> but it was a great story. Um, great cast characters and i didn't know it was and so when i've been thinking it's the star wars documentary you know we do it ourselves submit it to film festivals and one of the festivals it runs uh at the same time as sundance in park city it's called slam dance and king of kong uh premiered at slam dance film festival because i that was on my radar i'm like hey we're gonna send it to slam dance and uh Dude, they have great projects coming out of Slam Dance. I don't think they get enough love because their older brother yeah. gets all the the press. But uh, you know it, and that's kind of when I when I told my my documentary partner to watch it. It was like, hey, dude, ours is going to look way better than this. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but no, it was it was great. It. Uh, I highly recommend it. I am really surprised. I never. And you just you just rented it on Amazon Prime for like three ninety nine, right? Yeah, it was like three bucks. Yeah, and, uh, it's not not ex- <laughs> it's not a new one. So. Nope. And it, you know, it's kind of funny too. Is it? I had this conversation with my dad recently that, you know, like when I was in high school, you know, there the sixties were big. Like people would wear sixty clothes or the seventies and. You know, and I even thought I recognized the 80s, like with the neon yeah. and shit like that. It was really dated and you could always tell. But the time in the 90s, I'm like, dude, I don't think the 90s is really like that dated. Oh, like, bullshit. Well, no, and that's the thing. And then I recognize like hair. Hair? Anything? And have you seen Donovan's pants he wears? He wears, he wears all that bag. He wears baggy cords oh, almost the, every day. It's all coming the, back. The Jankos. Dude, they're getting there, dude. It, uh, but then I also kind of, I mean, even this documentary being in like 2005, 2006, kind of dated with how, what people were 
you know yeah you kind of start seeing that, like in 20 years you start looking back on oh dude that's kind of funny like it is it all it it's all dated but well uh, 20 years from now we'll still have Ruka t-shirts with red stitching and so well assuming if the owners uh you know actually i thought of without mentioning any names the whole billy mitchell kind of thing like not letting this like just being a spoiler and wanting to fuck up this guy for challenging his record the story that you told me about uh a guy you know who trained jujitsu and would quit like he wouldn't train for a long time but then he would find out his friends would like got promoted to blue belt or something and would and fucking he, show up he, just to he'd tap come him. back and fuck him up and then be like, <laughs> all, all right, right, I'm all good. Right. You'll I'm see s- me in another freaking yeah. few years. Yeah. yeah. I kind of felt that that's like Billy Mitchell, you know, <laughs> just like, Oh, I'm back. Like, uh, but it's funny too. Cause like, you know, his, if you could, if he would have a quote, he didn't say this, but I could see him saying like, all I do is win. Like I'm a winner. All I do is win. He's just such a dick. He is a dick. But, you know, the the rules in, like, beating a high score, I mean, they're rules. Like, they have, like, it's the old school arcade. You know, it's not, yeah. like, just going on your it's not Xbox. your machine. You can't have a modified machine. It's got to be one of the machines used at the arcade. Like. I mean, at some point, you're not going to, I mean, those games are going to die. Yeah. Like, how many of those... I mean, how many Donkey Kong, original Donkey Kong machines are left out there? I would imagine. It was like the Seinfeld where, uh, where Costanza had the, the record on Frogger. Because oh, I, I guess. Never, I never saw that. Happen. Oh, he, he tried to buy the machine and keep it on like a battery pack source so he could take it across the street and end up getting blown up by, uh, by a semi truck on the episode. But he was like, I had the perfect. I had the perfect amount of sweat and pizza grease on my hands that day. I was in the zone. (laughs) And it was his record from high school that was never beaten on the game of Frogger. They, you know, the the King of Kong, there was a quote in the beginning or someone saying like, dude, the video games back then were just really simple. And it was like eye-hand coordination. You had so many lives. Like... Games aren't like that anymore. I've messed around with my son's video games, and it's just yeah. like they're they're amazing to look at. The hot, <laughs> so hard to play. I mean, like Frogger, forward, side, side, like that's it. Yeah, like it's just simple. They were simple. I still like those games. Like you go to old school arcade. Like we went down to a family trip last spring to Austin, Texas, and they had the old school arcade. You paid like 20 bucks and unlimited games. And it was all those like asteroid, you know, mission command frogger. Dude, there's just so much like anyone can step up and play it. I'm not saying they can play it well, but dude, I can't go to call of duty and like, Oh, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like it's just not accessible to normal people. But anyway, highly recommend, King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters, uh, directed by Seth Gordon. Um, get on Amazon Prime.
this thing out since I was eight years old. And if you could just see inside of me, you'd see a heart made of gold. And I try to live a good life and keep an open mind. Gave up everything I love. Okay, we're at that portion of the show where we're going to give you guys some recommendations that we have. All right. My recommendation is, uh, and I'm going to screw up the guy's name because uh, that's just how I roll. <laughs> nice. Uh, but you're going to recommend. All right. So the book is called True Indie, Life and Death in Filmmaking. It's a book by Dan Corsielli. No, I'm fucking up his last name. But you will recognize him. He directed the movie uh, Phantasm. Oh, yeah. And, love Phantasm. And he directed Beastmaster. Oh, love. Do you remember the name of the uh, two little uh, furry guys? Dude, and I just watched Beastmaster recently. But it's like Kodo and... Uh, Hodo and Kodo. So, yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, I want to say Frodo. I know it's not Frodo. Hey, coolest thing I remember about that movie is he trained them to, to take the girls' uh, tops yes. when they were bathing. It. Uh, so this guy's book, Boobies! Dude, he made Phantasm when he was like 18 years old with his like... Uh, oh, no. Excuse me. Sorry. Back up. No. He was in his early 20s when he made Phantasm. The first movie he made, which was independent, which was weird because in the 70s, I didn't really know in indie movies mm-hmm. that big of a deal. <clears throat> his, his dad, who was a finance guy, helped him raise money, and he was like 18 years old, and he did it with his like high school friend. And he's just been making films, indie films, his whole life. But he did the first huge success he had was Phantasm. And... He went on to do beats, but he it talks about his life to this date in Hollywood. And he got into, did you ever see the film Bubba Hotep? Yeah. Uh, With uh, Elvis Presley yeah. uh, being uh, hunting vampires. Uh, mummies. Mummies. Mud's close. Yeah. yeah. So he, that was based on a short story by Joe R. Lansdale. And he talked about him making that. He wrote the script. He made an indie film. And I think he made it for like a million bucks. And the premise is that Elvis Presley, when he was alive and still doing his music, found a, like a body double, an impersonator, to switch places with him. And that was the guy who got all fat and died on the shitter. Uh and so at that point, he couldn't get his old life back. Yeah. So when we meet him, Elvis is like present day in a nursing home. And there's a fucking redneck zombie or a mummy. And he has to fight it with a black guy who claims that he's JFK. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Dude, a really but- old, like, like a 65-year-old black guy that's claiming he's JFK. Dude, it was a great. Was I mean, it- it's an indie film. 
And, it's, and the guy that plays Elvis is the same guy that's in... Uh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, who's in all of the, you know... Um, Army of the Dead. Ar- Army of Darkness. Yeah, Army of Darkness. Uh, but the book, True Indie, I pretty much listened to it on the flight out to Virginia and listened to it on the flight home. Dude, it's great. I mean, if you have any interest or love hearing behind the scenes stories of Hollywood. I mean, it was a fantastic and I picked it up on a fluke. Uh, cause up until recent, I had never seen Phantasm. I watched it after, cause I'm not a big horror guy. Yeah. And I watched it after reading this book, dude, it's great. I mean, it was, came out in like 78. Uh, but, but he, I mean, I love Beastmaster growing up watching Beastmaster. Like, and I, I rewatched that, and uh, I mean, it's still pretty good. Like, I mean, it's not great, but I uh, no, this guy's life was great. And actually, I sent him on Instagram. I just and I sometimes I do this because you know a lot of times writers they never hear from people. Yeah, you know, and it's like so I just sent him a text or uh, a DM. On Instagram, and I was like, "Hey, dude, I just finished True Indie. It was fucking." And he narrates the hey the audio book. Uh, and I just sent him a DM going, "Dude, it was great. I loved it, start to finish." He was like, "Man, I really appreciate that." Oh, where are you back? That's oh awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so True Indie. Hey, Chris, did you know that you know the the metal sphere and phantasm, the ball yeah. that chases yeah. Do you know that? J.J. Abrams used that as inspiration in The Force Awakens to make uh, Captain Phasma. Remember the, like, all... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why it was called Captain Phasma, was is for Phantasm. Well, it's funny. In True Indie, that uh, he talks about this... He was like, I didn't know who this was, which was weird, because I don't... I mean, it was early, kind of early on J.J. Abrams' career. Like, he had just done... Uh, getting ready to do alias or whatever uh-huh so he hadn't he hadn't become huge jj abrams he wasn't bad robot god yeah of- yeah and he reached out to him and they wanted to digitally remaster phantasm and re-release it so if you go on amazon prime they have the 50 year digitally remastered because he was like i love phantasm growing up and basically paid for it to be Digi- digitally remastered yeah. and so jj abrams was a huge fan um but he goes into the little relationship with did with, they talk about the star wars yes they did they oh. did yeah uh and then actually there was also i mean i've seen the movie read the book we've talked about it on the podcast a shout out steven spielberg did a shout out to phantasm in ready player one yeah yeah well i i i can't remember what was it? Was it the sphere or was it the... I think it was the sphere. I think it was during when everything was coming during the car chase. Yeah. The, they brought everything from the 80s is yeah, yeah. coming around. He, uh, so he was like, man, that was, that was kind of cool. I mean, he's yeah. like, that was cool to do that. But anyway, so True Indie, I highly recommend the book. All what right. you got? Okay, well, the book that I'm going to recommend is... Just kidding. You know I'm not going to recommend a book. Um... I'm going to do because you're, you know, you got me all fired up that you're doing a Star Wars documentary. And uh, I had playing 
because I just figured you hadn't watched it. If you go on Disney Plus, this was actually released when they re, re when the first time uh, the original Star Wars trilogy was released on DVD as box set. One of the uh, discs that came with it was uh, Empire of Dreams, which is a documentary on the very first the episode four, five, and six. Super detailed. It shows like. Shows like early sketches, talks with everyone that was on the production, Harrison Ford, all the way through, all the characters. It's really cool, in-depth documentary on the first three Star Wars movies that were made. I didn't know you were a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I know. Weird. Weird. Um, and you can get that. You can find that on Disney+. Plus. It's called Empire of Dreams. And then... Um, song chris that i'm gonna take you out that you're not gonna listen to today uh <laughs> today yeah. ever uh my boy my i'm gonna do a little country song my boy zach bryan the one that uh does a song like going south he's he's really good yeah i, I like this guy he he uh he just did a self-titled album that he produced and recorded with his touring band and it's an amazing album it's gonna be this is, he's going to blow up on this one. This is going to go mainstream. And uh, the track... Because we're playing on Best Friend. That's right. That's right. Just like the aliens. The government is... Two weeks from now, the way it's going with our podcast, two weeks from now, the government's going to announce uh, Zach Bryan. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the song I chose, he uh, did a collaboration with the Lumineers. And this is a song called Spotless. And uh, this album, I've been cleaning my house too and barbecuing. It's just a good country album it's a good album in general and you should check it out oh you mean the house cleaner when the house cleaner no i clean my house dude <laughs> yeah okay zach Bryan, spotless and we'll talk to you guys uh three months <laughs> see you in a year Turn on the TV, act like you don't see me Tell me everything is okay My mother is a saint and told me if I wait Everything meant to be will stay Well, I ain't a believer in people pleasing near the fucking telephones of ruling this place Met a man in New York City Told me humans ain't as pretty as a perfect day will chase for all their days I ain't spotless, neither is you but once in my life, I'm gonna see it through If you want spotless, I'll always lose I don't want love, lover, I want the truth People die a thousand times to get to who they are You were praying to the heavens on a late train call Your heart knows deeper seasons than my eyes ever will I'm a self-destructive landslide if you wanna be the hit I ain't spotless, neither is you For once in my life I'm gonna see it through If you wanna leave this, that's okay Everything meant to be is bound to stay
Remember jumping in the pool when we was fully clothed in August We were soaking, choking, smoking in my old shitty apartment Then they cut off all the lights cause the bills were never paid We were stealing all the power from the neighbors on vacation I ain't spotless, neither is you For once, once in my life, life I'm gonna see it through If you won't spotless or always lose You gave me love, you gave me the truth I was alone You were betting on a loser You were calling my bluff Holding one another Is it never enough? You were right there with me I can't stop this Neither can you But once in my life I'm bound to see it through If you want spotless I'll always lose You gave me love 